Hi, everybody. We are Matt and Kevin, and welcome to Season 2 of the Believe in Overwatch League podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Please like, rate, and subscribe to us on all your favorite podcast platforms. You can also find us on social media at Believe in OWL and Believe.com. This week, we discuss the latest Overwatch 2 news, the Valiant's region swap, and the biggest changes coming to the league. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to this week of the Believe in Overwatch League podcast. Hope you've had a great first third of January. We're recording this, or two thirds, yeah, I can do math. We're recording this on January 20th. Um, how you been, Kevin? How's everything going? Uh, every, everything's going, 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 uh, for sure. Um, yeah, I've been trying to be a little bit more diligent. I've been trying to, like, do the side project for like i would say almost two months now and i've been procrastinating real hard so i feel, I feel that uh yeah i'm just like in the floating rona state where i just have like like i don't know what days are anymore uh <laughs> time is just a it's just a social construct uh i wake up when the sun want to go down and <laughs> i just roam around my house like a wraith that's kind of <laughs> That's kind of how it is. Um, but yeah, I've wanted to do this project and I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm going to set my timeline. I want to make sure that I could get it done. Um, and so I'm actually like putting my nose to the grindstone and trying to like get this done. But at the same time, like, you know, there's a whole bunch of new games that are being announced. Lots of like Pokemon stuff that happened for me, you know, big, big up for me. Uh, Pokemon Snap got its first trailer. Oh, yeah, the new one that's coming out? Yeah. And I was like, I remember playing Pokemon Snap on the 64. And that was fun. Like, even as just like a... Like, it's not even a mainstream... It's just a rail shooter, yeah? Yeah, you're you're on a rail and you just like, you know, throw Pokeballs and stuff like that to interact with the, the environment and take cool photos. And I'm like, that's what the original Pokemon Snap did. And now that they're announcing Pokemon Snap 2... Or like it's called the new Pokemon Snap. Um, I, I'm ready. I'm like, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna probably get it on pre-order. Try to get it as quickly <laughs> as I can. Uh, it's, it's just you know a very good, like concept of a game. Yeah. And you know, it, especially when they update it with like newer Pokemon. Like the last one that we had, we only had up to like Johto. So it was only like, or was it even Johto? Hold on. How no. It was just Kanto. It was just the first 140 or 150, 151, because you count Miu. Yeah. So, yeah, that was it. So, so there's like, a lot they got to update. <laughs> yeah. Not only graphics wise, but like decks wise. I don't know how many Pokemon they're actually putting in here. And if they oh. do do, you know, a full all out one That's where you have to massive. take, you know, ex- give us extra DLC. I don't mind. Just take your time with it. I want it. I want to take cool pictures of Pokemon. I will do it. Uh, how about you? How's how's everything else going for you? Um, it's it's okay here. Uh, just trying to trying to survive. Been applying to a bunch of jobs and not hearing back from them, but that's okay. I will I will figure that out on my own time. Um, I just beat the main storyline for uh, Hyrule Warriors, so I'm I'm trying to beat the uh, the end game stuff. The afterwards. Um, and then I'm trying to look for a, a new 
Switch game. Funny enough, we were talking about Pokemon Snap. Um, but yeah, I mean, like one I've been looking at for a while now is um, Divinity 2. Mm. But like, aside from Pokemon, and like I've played one Dragon Quest game that's like turn-based. Like I don't really like turn-based games, but everyone's saying that this is like an absolute masterpiece. And like even people who don't like turn-based are like, no, dude, it's good. So that's what I'm kind of leaning towards. I've also heard Immortals Phoenix Rising is good. It's like a Zelda uh, Breath of the Wild clone, but it's still good. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing there. Yeah, it it is. Uh, there was a lot of games that were on sale on the Switch store when I was on. I think the um, sale's still going on for a little, for a couple more yeah, days. Probably a couple more days. So, um, I got Katamari Reroll. Oh, I have that physical. Um, yeah, I, I got Katamari Reroll, and I have I got Good Job. Um, Good Job is like a puzzle solving game, but like essentially you work in like an office building that your dad owns, uh-huh. um, and you get tasked with like very simple tasks, but you have very unorthodox ways of like doing it. So, for example, like the the first level that you do is you have to bring a projector from one side of the office to the other side, right? Uh, a normal person would just like, you know, unplug unplug the, you know, projector, wheel it all the way through the office, try not to, you know, bother people and their workspace. Or you can use the, you can use the, uh, what is it? The extension cables as a bungee cord and just launch it halfway across the entire, like, <laughs> the entire office. Uh, yes, Damn. you're doing structural damage, but if you do it faster, they reward for speed <laughs> more than damage. So <laughs> sometimes it's it's good to go fast, even if it even if you're breaking like you know a couple people's necks, maybe maybe a couple walls. <laughs> like it's just really funny gameplay when I was watching it, and I was like, okay, yeah, I got to try this. Where do you find out about all these crazy games? Is it just like Twitch? For me, it was like I had good job like pinged for myself when it came on like the nintendo there's like a nintendo direct and i was like yeah i have to get this one like but i'll wait till it's on sale because i don't think a lot of people are going to pick it up um it's the Mm -hmm. same thing that i did with that i'm currently doing i'm waiting on fitness boxing to drop uh price because right now it's 50 bucks i'm not going to pay 50 bucks to do fitness boxing Mm -hmm. um i paid 20 bucks for the first one and i did that for like three months straight so I'm waiting on the the new one. So I actually have an excuse to you know work out, yeah, and not just only do VR stuff because, yeah, I'd I'd, I'd rather punch in the air to Funky Town than <laughs> you know it than have my parents be like, oh, he's doing that weird arm thing again <laughs> in VR. It's really weird. How sweaty does that headset get on you? And like, how foggy does it get in there? Oh, um, so originally, if you have the original headset, the Oculus Quest thing, the, the band itself is really bad for like heavy sweating gameplay because <laughs> it absorbs the sweat. And like, there's no way of like washing it or wringing it out. So it's really gross. So I have like a silicone cover that goes over mine. So I could wipe it down or like just rinse it off um every single time i have another one that gets closer to my face if i'm not wearing my glasses um so 
yeah, it does fog up on occasion. And when you are wearing glasses and you see something that's like fogged up in the lens, you don't know if it's your glasses or your lenses. So you wipe both. Uh, that's that's just how it is. Um, but yeah, it, it doesn't always get like super foggy. It just depends on how heavy the gameplay is. Mm-hmm. Um, for like Beat Saber, I've, I've gotten my arms to a point where like I am comfortable with not like waving around too much. But when it comes to like the boxing game, like Thrill of the Fight, where you actually have to like duck and weave and stuff like that, uh, it, it gets pretty it gets pretty sweaty. And one minute in the corner is like no time whatsoever in VR VR yeah. boxing. You you can't you could like sit down, maybe get a cup of water. You don't have like you know your ring coach to be like you know okay focus here. You know you don't have your corner corner men to help you. you you're just known yourself water in your mouth for you <laughs> yeah i i have to i have to do that in a minute and then get back in or else i forfeit the round and that's not a good it's not a good thing that actually sounds like so much fun it it is a lot of fun like if you have the endurance i would say like if you have the what is it the cardio to keep up it's really worth like it's really worth to try like boxing games but right now uh I, I can say with full confidence that, yeah, uh, I do not have that cardio right now. Uh, it is it was lost in the Rona. Um, I, I'm pretty sure I lost it back in like June when I stopped doing my diet. So, yeah. See, I used to do Taekwondo and stuff and, and MMA a little bit and stuff like that. And like we do the like two minute rounds and then either a minute or 30 seconds off. But like we weren't actually like competing all the time trying to like get each other it was mostly like either training sparring or point sparring so it was, it was very different than that so i'd be i wonder how i would stack up in my my much more out of shape form to like the rigor of that it sounds like this game is putting in yeah it, it's not too complex it's just like you have to it, it is a three minute round fight that you just have to get used to um it, it does take a while but when, once you get it down you should be good okay another thing before we start like we have a, I have a couple of things that i wanted to talk about before we get into the overwatch stuff but like okay so apparently razor has i don't know if they've started oh, taking yeah. pre-orders or anything for this yet but they announced that they're coming out with a mask that's like it's clear, it's got a filter, it's got voice amplification, so you can like hear people and see their expressions. Um, and it's also got RGB color stuff on it. So, like, please explain to me this, Kevin. Like, I know RGB is pretty, but why are gamers obsessed with it? Uh, I don't it, have anything it, it, it RGB pretty. personally. Uh, it, it pretty. <laughs> it pretty. <laughs> it pretty. I mean, here's the thing it's really funny because, like, a lot of people are like, um, you know, the PS4 people are angry at the Xbox people and they're like, well, your colors are dumb. And then, or like everybody else is just like, man, you're like, it's just so bland. And then us like PC gamers all have RGB, like rainbow <laughs> keyboards, like it's whatever I, color you want it to be. It, it could be any color or all the colors. I mean, I have an RGB keyboard. I, I'm, I'm making fun of myself. Okay, guys, it's all good. <laughs> uh, but the way how I see it, it's just like it's it's flashy enough that people are like, oh, okay, he, he actually cares about 
the the looks of his PC. Um, other people like to keep it like quiet, like they they purposely get like fans that don't light up and um, and stuff like that. But that that destroys the fun, the the whole purpose of you know showing off your PC. People are like coming over to see it, like oh, what do you have in there? Like what what's your graphics card? And if it's just like bland and no one, it's got no flash. People are just gonna be like, oh okay, like. <laughs> it it boxed with machine in it like <laughs> people people want it to look cool and uh that's the reason why we like rgb but about the razor uh the razor mask um i think it's kind of weird uh as a, personally even as like a gamer i think that the i think the concept is really cool i think you know um having especially like speech amplification that's something that a lot of people were saying like we have a lot of trouble like hearing people under their mask because they mm-hmm. don't like enunciate. Um, I don't like the fact that like the glass is kind of see-through. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I would much rather have like, you know, a thick sheet of plastic um, or if you wanted to do like, you know, a thing where you, you can illuminate underneath and it will show it to somebody um, rather than like, always seeing your mouth is is the best way um but i honestly i like the concept i just don't like that front glass i just i wish that that was not opaque yeah that's the biggest criticism i've seen of it people like oh my god this would be cool but i like not people seeing my mouth when i'm like singing along the lyrics or cussing them out under my breath and they can't see it yeah that i i like the fact that it is like it's catering to us. It just depends on how much the mask costs because like knowing the hardware that they're putting in here, it's probably going to come out to like 200 lowest. Uh, yeah, probably. Maybe and like one razor. They might go yeah. even higher. Yeah, exactly. Um, name brand. And but like on the market like this, really. Exactly. Um, which I give them credit for. Like I really do like the concept. It's just, I don't want people seeing my teeth because I'm like, I have, you know, I have resting bitch face. I can't like, I can't help that. I'm not going to be smiling 24 seven. You're just going to, you're going to have to see my gross Rona beard underneath the mask. Oh my God. You also have a gross Rona beard. Yeah. I've been trying to cut it down, but it's kind of, it's not happening. (laughs) See, normally like I normally typically shave my face before it gets too long. Um, sometimes I'll just get lazy and let it grow out for a couple weeks, but then I'll shave it. Cause normally I don't like facial hair, but like in October, um, I got busy with the move and stuff and like working for the film festival. And like, I don't really care cause I'm not going out anywhere. Um, so I started grow, just leave, letting my beard grow. And it's gotten to the point where I'm like, you know what? Um, it's Rona times no one's going to see me. So I'm just going to try to grow out this fantastic viking beard and see what happens with it and for the first time i actually have a beard that i can properly stroke and like ponder with yeah it it feels good to like have a beard at a certain point but like the point that i don't like is like when you're in bed and then your beard starts like grabbing the pillow <laughs> yeah like that that is the one part of like having a beard that i'm just like no dude like I'm trying to get up. You can't just drag me back into bed because I will go to bed. I will go back to sleep. Oh yeah, I do it all the time. I mean, I mean to get up at a certain time, then I'll just like, nah, it's not yeah. happening. It's just like, dude, I'm velcroed to my pillow now. I can't, I yeah. can't leave. <laughs> and it's weird because like Asians in general, like 
you either get like the long flowing majestic like kung fu beard or you just have yeah. really patchy yeah uh i i have the patchy beard mine mine is like how, how can i say it like the hair is like super stiff like i have the thick velcro hair it's it's not good oh yeah same, uh, same. it just yeah it just clings on to everything and it's like my right side's growing in thicker than my left so it's like a lopsided beard yeah <laughs> it's weird gross rona beard it's like as soon as i get like an actual job i i might cut it um but for now i'm just i'm just seeing how long i can get it out there and see if i can like start braiding it and looking like all viking and stuff i probably won't ever get to that point but one can dream <laughs> okay so last a uh, non overwatch thing before we get into the other stuff um this is a cool thing that i saw um this was last updated on the 14th so um a little underneath a week ago but apparently the fighting game community or some members of it at least came together to create this fighting game code of conduct you can find it at fgcoc.com um but according to kotaku um this was created as um just a way to to combat a lot of the abuse harassment and like the the obvious hygiene things that happen in in the gaming community to try to make it a more welcome and safe place um there have been some criticisms that this is a little bit uh, too focused on the West Coast, but I mean, this was like a good, according to the people who who are, they talked to, like this is a good first step to try to um, create an, an across the board set of rules that would make it easier, especially for like um, tournament organizers to make sure that their events are safe. And they're always having to like watch everybody, like the the community starting to police itself. Mm-hmm which is, I think, really cool. Um, I don't know if the salty Overwatch players would ever get to a point like that. Um, and, like, even in the league, like, we've got... we still got people who are doing things that they should not be doing. Yeah, I, I'm... I, I don't think we'll ever get to the point where, like, FPSs will have something like this. It's just because, like, I do respect the fgc like the fighting game community is so tight like regardless of like what game you guys play like even if you say like okay yeah smash smash versus you know mk versus street fighter like all that stuff everybody has like a goal together where they're more like bringing everybody together to compete rather than like crapping all over each other which is kind of what happens with like with with the fps community like you're either in Team Overwatch, Team CS:GO, or Team Valorant. Like, there's no, there's no floating in between them. You you just you get one of those. Um, but like, yeah, I do I do like the code of conduct. Like, I'm taking a peek at it right now, just like slightly skimming it. Um, I know that there's a lot of things that I'm like, okay, yeah, this. How is this not already in here? <laughs> like, stalking. Like, stalking should not be. You know, it, it shouldn't have to be in here. One of the interesting things that I was watching a video on actually was the <laughs> the mental damage of teabagging oh my um, God. in fighting games, right? Or taunting. And 
the thing about it, right? It's like when you when you think of it on the surface level, right? You're like, oh, okay, well, it's just you know, it's a harmless crouch. What what could that do? But like, if you're hit dazed, right? Like, let's say if you're stunned, right? Um, and the opponent just taunts you instead of like going into a combo, like, what does that do to you, like mentally? And <laughs> people are saying like, oh, well, it is BM. It is considered like a bad mouth move. But at the same time, like it is considered psychological warfare that you're playing here. Right. Um, do you take that away um, in the in the kind of aspect of you know being respectful to your opponent, or do you allow that because that is technically part of the game, um, and it is a way how to get inside of your opponent's head? Like we see that all the time in like you know Overwatch, um, you know, and Valorant, all that stuff. Like if you see previous teammates going off against each other there is a lot of tactical crouching right but like that's more for fun but like when you actually yeah, go they, into like, like they know each other yeah they know each other they're like haha you, you do funny crouch button um but other people like especially in fighting games it does like ruin their mental on on occasion where it's just like this man chose to style on me <laughs> rather than to finish me off like a normal like person um and it's even worse like if you lose that match too because oh, now yeah. now you have that mental of like oh you you lost and you got styled on like those those things are like things that we take into consideration um going into these you know list of violations and conducts um it's going to be interesting to see if any of that um comes into play but i do like the fact that this is kind of like a blanket you know uh code of conduct and if anybody really needs to use something like this, uh, they have the resource to. Um, this can easily be integrated into tournament stuff as well if they really need to follow a certain thing. But yeah, this is just a really good template for uh, codes of conduct and all that stuff that you really need to do uh, prior to starting up a tournament or starting something else um, of that sort. I mean, like for me, it's it's not so much the... The tack crouching that I I get tilted by, it's a lot of like it's it's a similar thing. It's like it's the maze who, um, like will tilt, you know, like with their walling and stuff and like the freezing, like with they'll, they'll freeze and they'll just wait, you know. Yeah, it's like they they stare at you while you're frozen. You you can't like actually do anything. Um. Yeah, it, it's it's those where they're like, okay, we'll fight you on quote unquote even ground. We won't use our, you know, we won't use our advantage to our advantage. <laughs> um, yeah, it it's one of those things. It's it's mind game kind of kind of stuff. But mm -hmm. at the same time, like it is BM. It it will, you know, push a couple fans away. But yeah, you you never know. So how how familiar are you with like the actual fighting game circuit? Um, I'm a little familiar. Like okay. I watch a lot of um when Evo is on, like on Twitch, I will watch Evo. Uh -huh. Um like I I'm a huge fan of just watching the the Street Fighter gameplay. Um it like I love the story of Daigo. Um I have, you know, two of his books. Uh it's just um interesting to know what kind of things go on in a, like a player's head and like how did they get to the point that they're at like daigo if you don't know about uh evo moment 37 it is 
one of the most famous esports plays of all time. Um, you know, it's a, I think it's a 27 hit full counter with no, okay. Let I, I'm gonna I'm gonna double check before before I get flamed. I think it's I think it's a 27 full like hit counter. Um, but it is one of the only moments that like I felt like you had to have been there. We're watching it like replayed. Uh-huh. Um, but essentially it it is like a f- Daigo had like zero HP going into this, and he full counters. And goes into his own super to to clinch a series, and it was, yeah, it, it is one of the most like big brain plays in your entire in your entire life. Like you you watch it once and you're just like, okay, you, you think on paper this is easy, and then what they did in the recent Street Fighter, um, they give you that as an option to try the combo. Yeah. Um, okay. And if you like. Other players who have been in the game for a while try it out themselves, and they're like, "What just happened?" But it is one of the most like iconic moments in esports history. Like, there's nothing else under pressure, back against the wall. Like to clinch a series, you have to. It it was named after him after that point. It's like you know the Daigo Perry, like. Evo moment 37. If you remember how this works, <laughs> it's insane. I can hear the... Che- I'm watching now. The cheering is literally... Dang. Yeah. How do you pull that off? Literally like a sliver of HP left. Yeah. It's it's insane to see players go for that. And to know that he did it, consider this. Like, this is loser's bracket. If he, get, if he gets knocked out, he's gone out of the tournament. Uh-huh. He brings it all the way back from that moment and you're just like how many hours of training did did you do how much timing those are like two two frame like intervals of like a 30 frame per second game two frame intervals in order to land the parry um and yeah it's just it's insane to just see people try it with your with your knowledge of the uh the fighting game circuit with what you have, like how necessary was adding in a code of conduct? And and do you think it's going to actually make things better? Um, I think a lot of tournament organizers already have like a form of code of conduct. I feel like Mm -hmm. what this does um, is give smaller tournaments something to work off of. Um, It standardizes it. It's yeah. It kind of standardizes. It makes it easier for smaller tournaments to kind of, get everything up up and running um and i think that's just a that's just a good like toolkit uh for for smaller tournaments um yeah i am assuming that you know bigger tournaments like evo and you know like every everybody else is like smaller tournaments um that lead up to you know big events like that all have their own version of a code of conduct um but yeah it's just a matter of getting everything together i just I think especially now that we're in this, you know, the, the Verona state, uh, we, we are getting vaccines. We're trying to, you know, get everybody together, but we don't know when this is going to let up. Um, but honestly, when it comes to like getting tournaments together online, this is a very necessary tool. And I'm glad that, 
a lot of people are taking care of it and are like actually taking a stab at it. I really wish Overwatch would get something like this because I mean, with the amount of toxicity in this game, um, it would be very helpful to making it a more welcoming place, just gaming in general. I mean, hopefully this works. I mean, there, there are criticisms that it's just like, it's only focusing on the West coast, but if they can iron it out, maybe it'll pave the way for, for other tournaments in the future. Yeah. And for us, at least in like tournament settings, I just hope that, you know, we could keep the tournaments going, but like make sure that everybody feels inclusive. Um, know that the change starts with you. Like, you have to be the ones to, on occasion, if you have to call somebody out for being, you know, toxic or something like that, like, sometimes it's it's okay to just, like, say, like, bro, that's not cool, and then just, like, mute them for the rest of the oh, game. Oh, yeah. Like, it, it'd be like that sometimes. Uh, we, we see that, I see that a lot in, like, uh, in Valorant, where people will have, like, either a really racist, like, username, and I'm just like, dude, why? Like, mm -hmm. why, why you do this? Uh, so it, it's just, it's not great. All right. So let's get into the actual Overwatch stuff. Um, so today is um, January 20th. Uh, and aside from other things that happened today, um, the second day of BlizzConline is a month from today. So time to hopefully start getting excited about things that are to coming um hopefully we'll get some good decent sized reveals about overwatch 2 i'm hoping for at least an announcement of a beta a short at least maybe some demos of the uh the new characters the new maps the new mechanics um that we could possibly get um i think i might just try to email blizzard and see if we can like I, they probably don't have a, an, an early access code for a console, but maybe Kevin, since you have it on PC, they can give one to you. Yeah. Um, but also, I, I forget where I saw this, but it's like an insider rumor that the reason that we haven't heard anything up to now really about Overwatch 2 is because that they're just working so very slowly on it and that Overwatch 2 is actually not going to have as big of a presence at blizzcon line that we would hope for um and if anything that the announcement's going to be we're still working on it and it's taking us longer than we anticipated um granted there are things to consider with the pandemic but another thing about that is it's like you're pretty much working on the same game aside from like the pve everything and like the new maps and modes and stuff like it's still overwatch one with just a shiny new coat yes so like what that's now that uh, that's one of my considerations that I, I i'm now thinking about like what possibly could be taking them this long if you're essentially just repainting the new code and giving us dlc I I really don't know. I what I want to see. I know that we're we're discussing the fact that uh, there might be some stuff going on for Overwatch Two. It may take a lot longer than we expected, but um, I think the biggest thing is the fact that they're switching 
graphics engines. Mm -hmm. Um, that is something that you know a lot of tech, like technically, you would think you know copy paste, uh, should work, but uh, under a different engine, it means like codes have to be swapped around and like you know test until perfect. That's right. Blizzard's motto. So honestly, for me, I just hope that we get something Overwatch two um, related coming BlizzCon. I want. At least I would like a general like release date. Like you don't have to say like, oh, it is, you know, October 30th of, you know, 2020, uh, 2021 exactly uh, when the moon is like a quarter of the way full, uh, you know. When the moon it, it hits does... your sky, the iron, it's a big pizza pie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, it just needs to be, you know just fall is it winter 2021 fall uh fall 2020 give us a give us a short give us the give us the the animated shorts netflix series hopefully oh my god i forgot about that again please do that okay that will hold us over until overwatch 2's official release if you give us if you give us a beautifully animated you know, like series on on Netflix, we will watch that, and that will hold us over until your your first release of Overwatch two. Um, another give thing, obviously, lore. yeah, give us lore prior to who is who is Sojourn, what she do, what what who who this right. Um, another thing that I want to see, um, has to do with the league. Obviously, it's just like. Will the league flip over to Overwatch 2 when they announce the beta, or will they wait until season what we're on season four? We're going into season four, so season five of the league. Yeah, short answer for that is John Spector says, I will tell you about that when I know. Yeah, so there's a lot of question marks, uh, obviously for Overwatch 2, and as you know, fans of the game, we are getting impatient because you kind of announced it way too early. Uh, that's on you guys. Uh, if if you told us, you know, okay, we're we're working on we're working on Overwatch, you know, and then just slowly like dipped it out, and then let's just imagine if this year they announce Overwatch two, right? Um, at this BlizzCon, they're like, okay, you know what? Like we've been we've been slow on development of overwatch one because we have this game rolling out and we're working on it and then they just show us like you know the first pve mission and stuff like that then oh, we would yeah. be like okay we're coming back just let us know but the fact that you got us you got us hyped up we have a lot of expectations uh you're gonna have you know a cyberpunk event thing happen where mm. we're all going to be expecting something great and then we're going to get into your game and we're going to find every single bug <laughs> and let you guys know about it. So that's kind of that's kind of on you guys. <laughs> I mean like yeah, at this point what is what is keeping people playing this game and what is the incentive uh to even get Overwatch 2 if like you're not even showing us that you really care about the community with how quiet you're being, you know? So, I mean, like if they release something at BlizzCon, 
I think they need to at least like release one PVE mission or something like a couple of things for free to show people like, hey, this is what we've been working on. This is why you want to play the game. Because honestly, like if people just want to play um, the the online mode, what what is this all for? Like what what is all the disappointment and holding off on publishing things and, and putting out new content going to do? Like you have to make us really like want it you have to give us some proof of concept that this is a good decision you know that's mm-hmm. my take on on what they have to do to like make up for re- announcing this way too early yeah it's you have to get the audience excited again like we're at a point where we've seen kind of what blizzard's up to and we just want to to know what will bring us back um a lot of people at least for me like the only time that I log in is to get a skin, which is oh, right yeah. now, Same. you know, get, get those, get those skins. I, I haven't done any of my placement games. Uh, I've been not taking my own advice. So <laughs> I got to go and do that probably today. Um, but yeah, it's just, there's nothing that's dragging me back here besides like, you know, a new map or, you know, like an event. So how are you going to make, how are you going to make all of us like come back and be excited to play this game again? Like what, what aspects of overwatch one are you going to fix to make us all enjoy, you know, overwatch two when it does come out, things will hopefully find out in a month. Yeah. Uh, the, we, we all have our eye on that clock right now. We're just yeah. waiting on, you know, BlizzCon and, Whatever whatever comes out of there, I just hope that it's something. I hope that they give us, you know, something to be happy about, something to look forward to, at least for us as, you know, their player base. Mm-hmm. And so once again, BlizzCon line is going to be free, much like the other um, conventions that have happened from the beginning of Corona, like Comic-Con went free, um, DC online or whatever their event was free um this is also going to be free it's going to be from february 19th through 20th so um yeah well you know we're going to report on that when it happens although you will probably all have watched it as well um so let's move into some league stuff uh and there's there's a bit that has happened in in this uh this past week um starting with one end that's just like the most recent um rio j hong was recently signed to i think be a content creator um but now he's in hot water because during one of his streams um where is that article there is that article um so genji esports hired him for to be a streamer and during one of his streams on twitch um he was I can't know. I don't know how to pronounce this is Hagi H A E G I. Um, she's a female streamer who typically plays league of legends, but he was playing with her and he, he said a, a lot of um, sexist comments towards her stuff. Like he called her a bitch. He he's, he chastised her for interrupting him saying that like when a man speaks, a, a woman should keep quiet. Um, he called her like, I, I guess. Cool. Um, 
he called her the Korean derogatory term for gold digger, which uh, translates roughly to fox bitch or fox bitch or kimchi bitch, uh, and that women shouldn't be trusted. He also said, interestingly, that if he had a younger sister, he would harass her more than he is doing to her. Um, not not great stuff. So he he kind of doubled down on it. He said that, oh, I just did this because I was drinking. Um, it's my fault, but he didn't apologize for the things that he said. Um, so he got punished by Gen G Esports. He has been suspended from um, from really participating in, in anything official. But the thing is, like, the the other streamers, like, I didn't see a problem with it. And I'm wondering, is it like, oh, he was a bad egg from the beginning, you know? Yeah, he's he was a good dude. I mean, does, does that mean, like, being out of the league ruined him? Or uh, <laughs> we, we don't know. I don't we, want to yeah. put the blame on that. But honestly, I think that, you know, he's just trying to play it off. I don't think that this is a good look for him. I don't think he's going to get re-signed anytime soon because of stuff like this. Mm-hmm. So in my opinion, I think that, you know, Jaehong needs to issue an apology minimum, like, and just be like, more than you what know, he already did. He already half did. Yeah. Like he's got to do a full, like legit one. That, that's like a, Oh, I was drunk. My bad. No. It's like, like when Paula Dean said I was on Valium. Yeah, exactly. Like it, it doesn't matter. Like you, what, whatever you said was wrong. Oh boy. I mean, this is this is this is why we need that code of conduct. Although, honestly, we're probably not going to get it. But like, this is proof. Yeah, I just think that once again, like the change in a community starts with the people. Right. Like, you are going to have people who are toxic in game. You are going to have people who are, like you know rude and being like oh well you you don't you don't understand x y and z because of x y and z uh be sure to be the person who calls them out on it like Mm -hmm. that is that is one thing that i know as as a coach and as you know as a player like if somebody told my teammate like oh you're not playing so you only play support because you're a girl right oh that's like that's a that's bad that's a big one that like happens a lot in esports and i'm like i'm like dude no and to prove it i'm gonna put techie on dps like (laughs) and i did and she won like i'm like okay well if you want to make that point i'm gonna let her slap you in the face like in game like all right so one of the dps swap with our supports we're doing this like (laughs) and and we did like and we won that match and i was really really happy about that i was like you cannot say stuff like that without knowing the merit of my player. Mm-hmm. Like you cannot talk, you cannot talk smack to my player unless you could back it up. And so that's the point that I want to make. Like players are players. When it comes to esports in general, there is no difference in gender. It like everybody is a competitor. Everybody plays the same character. It just comes down to the mental state and the way how you play it. So yeah, there's no reason like that gender or age or race has to play anything in esports. Everybody is like you pick the same character, you play the same thing. There's no difference. There's no, you know, there there's no Giannis donkey on you, okay? Like <laughs> you're not you're not some like 
small five foot seven dude trying to go up against a league of six foot three people. Okay. Everybody is the same. We sit in the, we sit in the chair, we play the game. Characters are all the same. It's just a matter of how you play it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, see, I think, I think part of it and to go to like a wider thing than this, it's like, when you look at, when you look at the, the popular figures in gaming, um, you've got people like, um, what's his name? The Overwatch one that won't go away that keeps doing all the, the, the sexist, racist, racist stuff. XQC. XQC, him. You've got people like him. You've got people like PewDiePie who get away with saying all these awful racist things. They like post their quote unquote apology and like, oh, sorry guys, I learned my lesson. I won't do it again. And then next week they're going, they're back on stream doing the same thing. It's like, it's a joke guys. It's a joke. No, it's, I think the esports community in general and just the gaming community and the internet community, God, all that together is just way too forgiving of bad con of conduct. If your content is funny and it sells, which is a real shame. Yeah, it's a culture of like act now, apologize later. Mm -hmm. And like for me personally, I'm not a fan of that. It's more like you have to be a good person and to start uh, in order to get what you need to get done. Right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I just hope that we don't have to get to a point where our culture is just ran by people saying and doing dumb things and then just apologizing later and hoping that everybody forgives them. Um, I know like for me personally, like watching PewDiePie change after his, like he, he went on like a racist like thing for a while. Uh, and now he's like full pivoted. He said like, you know what? I like, this is wrong of me. Like I needed to do everything correctly. Um, he's taking his time with it, which is a lot smarter. Um, than a lot of people who I've seen in recent history. So I hope that people could at least learn that being a good person is better in the long run than being an entertaining person. Yeah. Um, like people will like you for who you are uh, if you're willing to call that out rather than being, you know, whatever, whatever else you need to be, like whatever you think you need to be in order to be an entertainer. I don't have anything I can say to top that. That was just so perfectly put. <laughs> um, so yeah, I guess I guess we'll move on to uh, to more league things. Hopefully, hopefully Jay Hong learns from his mistake and apologizes, and the gaming community can move forward and be better. But uh, it's dubious. Um, there's only a couple of retirements that we heard about. Um, Bedosin and Who Are You both retired from the league. This is not something that I'm very, you know, I'm not really attached to these players. They both did a lot um, during their time. But, you know, their retirement answer just brings up a lot more questions for me. Um, the, the one is like, um, like, Who Are You? I felt like, wasn't even in the league for that long. No, he wasn't. Like, I think he was only in there for like one or two seasons, right? Like, 
I think even just one season. Um, but I don't know if they're going to do anything else after this. Like if we do see them on other, other games, uh, do we see them retiring from the league to take up a manager position? Are they going to do, you know, are they keeping their name in the league, but just like not on the stage? Mm-hmm. Um, that, that is one thing that I'm really wondering, or is it another thing kind of in the case of, um, from that Dota documentary, uh, where it's more like we did our stint, we did our stint, uh, we went as far as we could. I need to work on my education, right? Like, I need yeah. to get, like, I've seen that happen a lot, um, in more recent times than, than before. But it's like, this is what I'm good at, but you know, we can't reach the top right now. So I might as well, you know, focus, study, do something that will move my career forward. And then, like, you know, if I get called up, you know, to play in college, why not? Mm-hmm. I mean, like, it's got more longevity to it if you if you go that route. Like, did they did they actually say why they were retiring, or is it just I didn't I haven't seen their announcements or their commentary? Um, let me just let me just make sure. I think that they they didn't really give a reason why they were retiring. Um, they just said that they both have left the league. Um, yeah, so they just have it kind of up in the air. They don't know what they're doing exactly. Um, but yeah, this is just kind of a, a toss up. Once again, people are saying, uh, who are you could probably just go back to Twitch if you wanted to, because that's kind of where he's, yeah, he's kind of made his name. Um, but yeah, they're saying a lot of Overwatch League stars, you know, once again have retired from the eSport, either have moved on to other games, switched to full-time content creation, or are doing something else like farming. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, Farmer de France seems to be doing I'm, very well for uh, himself. I mean, yeah, dude, I'll, I'll buy I'll buy from Farmer de France, dude, any day. Uh, Imagine like, yeah. like going into a store and seeing Farmer de France brand things. Like, dude, I, I buy it. It just says, let's grow, dude. I, I buy it. Like, Farmer Defran brand veggie chips. I I would I would totally do that. Exactly. Like he he got he got us early. Uh but yeah, I feel like a lot of these players kind of share the same sentiment as us um as a community. It's like this game hasn't evolved. Uh we haven't or like the the meta has shifted around every once in a while, but it's more like we're we're playing the same maps we're playing you know essentially the same characters um but what part of this next generation is going to make us happy enough to come back and not treat this like work you know uh like we want to play the game to to have fun again yeah i don't is there anything you think they could do to just increase that longevity and satisfaction and retention or is it? Hmm. I can't. I can't honestly. I. I don't really know because it's. It's for me. It's just something I. I do for fun. It's never been like uber competitive or collegiate for me. So I. You'd have a better understanding of of that atmosphere than I do. Yeah, I. I feel like there is some mental toll that takes place after playing the same thing for so long. Like, for me. 
when I was playing, you know, main tank for my school, it got to a point where I'm like, I know this character so well that I could do this in my sleep. Mm-hmm. And like you fall asleep dreaming of fire strikes and dreaming of diving back lines and like your your specific combos that you have on certain characters. Like you get to a point where that's all you like think about. And then you just get tired of it. You're just like, I want to do something different. Uh, and I think that's what that's what happened. That's what's happening here. It's like these players are playing for so long that you know the game is more work now than it is like exciting and new. So it's not just because it's like, ooh, it's no longer you know shiny thing happening. It's more like uh, even content wise, it's it's lagging what they would want from it. Exactly. So. That's a couple things that I think, you know, obviously coming in the next month, we we need to know uh, what they have planned for Overwatch 2 or else we're just going to, you know, we're just going to be following the league players like we're, we're just going to watch them all go. Which would be sad because like I think like the communities become very attached to certain people like we all love Gaguri. Um, everyone still loves Sinatra. Um I don't know. I mean, new blood is nice, but like this early in the league, it's it's good to have your people that you're you're consistently a fan of. Um. Okay. So, speaking of of things changing, um, Valiant is now going to be playing in the APAC region. Um. So the Los Angeles is going to have. I guess there's. I, are they still going to be Los Angeles Valiant at all? Um, but they're 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 moving to China to play, and this has sparked a lot of a lot of conflicting reports and rumors. Um, insider people are don't seem too happy about this. The rumors are that since it's going to be a Chinese company now, they are going to be sold to a Chinese company. The roster is going to be completely dropped in favor of all Chinese players. And now, even though like they can't officially say anything, the current roster is just scrambling to find a, a team that'll take them or something else to do. Um, I, I has this. I think this has happened before. I don't remember which team people were saying it happened to, but apparently, it's it's not. Um, and whatever team got picked up by the by a hundred thieves i think it was a call of duty team that this happened to mm. um they, they, they got sold but uh, this is this is weird um that they're moving the valiant to, to the the east coast i think and just the rumors that are swirling around it um and the fact that like some players are at risk so I guess for now, our Western region is going to be the rain, the uprising, the fuel, the mayhem, the outlaws, the spitfire, the gladiators, the eternal, the shock, the titans, the defiant, and the justice. The rest of everybody's going to be um, APAC region, um, which I guess brings us to another article that I read this week, which is from the Washington Post. It's about how the Overwatch League wants to quote unquote level up online matches and tournaments for the 2021 season. Um, by Teddy Amenabar. Um, 
and he spoke with John Spector, and I think he spoke a little bit also with um, Jeff Kaplan. Uh, this is the article I was referencing earlier when I said that Spector said that in regards to how Overwatch 2 is going to affect the league, I'll tell you when I know, pretty much is what, what he said. Um, but essentially what, they, they're, what they're looking to do really is um, they're trying to make the league more more global and more stable. Um, they introduced this new ping tool that should keep everyone's ping relatively the same. They're trying to make it global still where with this new tool, like people in the APAC region would be able to play people in the Western region so that um, we won't just see these teams compete in the finals of a certain tournament circuit. Um, what they're looking to do for the finals is this year move it to Hawaii. So it's kind of like in the middle for the APAC and the West, which would be a actually that'd be really cool actually to to put um the tournament someplace like very picturesque. Like Hawaii sounds like like if if you heard that the Hawaii the tournament's gonna be Hawaii, you'd think that's pretty cool, right? Yeah. And I was I was mentioning this to a couple of friends actually uh pretty recently. It was like yo, why don't we just build an esports arena in Hawaii? Like, imagine how much money you would make because you're cutting the distance between Asia and uh, and North- NA, like West Coast, Yeah. if you have good ping. Like, you just have, you know, a safe environment, everything. Or, you know, quote-unquote, have, uh, have a team that's based in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, would, I would support the the uh honolulu diamond heads any day like i think that would be a really sick sick team uh it's just a matter of obviously like the logo what colors mm-hmm. um another finding thing a sponsor that, yeah finding sponsors and whatnot um i'm looking at the current roster for the valiant right yeah my question is if let's say if everything goes according to you know they get sold to a chinese company everybody gets dropped gets replaced with you know a full chinese roster where who who would you want to see get picked up from this team like you have players like Shax, dreamer lastro uh rain ksp adam and agilities like there's a lot of really good players that are just out here yeah ksp Shax, and agilities like they if this is happening, like some team should pick them up because like they're, they're always in the spotlight for crazy stuff. Exactly. Like it's a matter of like, this is the talent that you want on a team. Um, and if so, like start fishing for offers, right? Like mm-hmm. just be like, okay, if let's say if this does happen, like who would, who would utilize KSP to the, to the best of their advantage? Like, you know that he's not going to Vancouver because they already have links there. You know that they're like, they're, there's a lot of like really good places that he could land. Houston um, needs a replacement for Linkser. Exactly. Like, oh, that, <laughs> that, that would just be really interesting just to know, you know, we, we got, uh, we got KSF over the, over the break, you know, just yeet KSP too. <laughs> uh, I mean, and apparently, like, according to this, China already wants to go to what originally was planned with the the regional markets and venues. They're already looking later this year 
to start doing in-person events. So um, I don't know if we're ready yet. I mean, I would absolutely love to get back to that model. Like we wouldn't be able to benefit it from it because we're not in China right now. Um, but it's, I think it's too early still. Yeah, I, I totally agree as well. It's like, I would much rather have a slower and safer open than to try to force something and, you know, try to make a profit immediately. Um, that's just how I see it. I prefer to have, you know, safer, safer events where I know that everybody is safe rather than like risking even a chance or a sliver of me, you know, getting sick or, you know, it, what was it really worth watching, you know, an esports event to go and catch some yeah. virus like this? Um, so if you want to read that article, it, it's on the Washington Post. Just it's called Overwatch League wants to level up online matches tournaments for 21, 2021 season. I just typed in um, Washington Post Overwatch League and it brought me there. Um, but I mean, at least we're looking forward into the into the new year. Um, at least they have plans. They they're they're trying to mitigate as much of the issues that we had last year as much as possible. Um, hopefully, now that they've had a taste of online, they can be met with a little bit more success. And wait, did I just did we hit everything? I think we hit everything that was on the list. Yeah, that, that was everything that we had. Um, but yeah, honestly. Don't forget to get your Hanzo skin. I almost did. I need to get my team together and do that. Uh, I forgot about it literally until you you talked about it earlier in the podcast. I completely forgot there was a Hanzo skin. Yeah, there's there's an event. Uh, I've been totally neglecting it. I've been too busy <laughs> doing other things uh, and procrastinating. Uh, that's what I do best in this quarantine. That's what I'll do best. Uh, but yeah, honestly, it's just just be supportive of one another once again like your team like relies on like the community starts with you like if you don't be the one to make the call like people are not gonna change in general like mm -hmm. you, you just you just have to do it oh holy crap so you know how in october my goal was to hit uh, 300 and we missed it by one mm. I don't know if this is because I might have I think I was the first week of January I accidentally forgot to like release one of the December episodes I forgot to pit submit so it carried over into January it might have been um, but guess how many listeners we have for this month for January so far how many uh, let, me, let me think um are we are we above our mark like 300 yeah we we hit we hit over 300 so we're like I, i'm assuming like maybe like 350 I don't yeah you hit it exactly 350 you hit it exactly damn um but like we have a lot of listeners in atlanta georgia hey 127 of you interesting yeah, you, hello you and, and thank your, you yeah thank you thanks for listening i was in atlanta once uh, I think I've mentioned the story, but I had to, I was with my college and we had an opportunity to do 1v1s and one of our players 
um, formerly played for Hammers Esports, um, which if you don't know, that was like the the Hollywood Hammers. They were an LA, essentially they were like the LA Valiant team uh, before the LA Valiant actually got their team name. Um, and he played with like Jake on the team and stuff like that um, before he decided to come back to college. But they picked him up and they picked me up and they said, hey, we have a booth at DreamHack Atlanta. Um, would you and your players like to come out to DreamHack Atlanta and, you know, entertain the crowds for, you know, three days straight? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I could do that. I could cast <laughs> a couple games. Three uh, days ended up straight. Being three days straight, eight hours a day, 1v1s Dear God. against, like, my coach. Um, and he's like, dude, I never want to do a 1v1 Arisa fight ever again. Please. Ew. Um, he did, I think it was 110 games. Ew. He lost eight. Um, 110? 110 best of fives. 1v1s. That's disgusting. And he's like, dude, I, he's like, if I have to, if I have to play this one more time and like day two we were like okay no sombra no orissa well i'll take those out we don't have to worry about that but yeah it got to a point where it was like super long by day two i had no voice <laughs> uh i was literally pantomiming my way through but i gotta say the food there was pretty good um i mean you're in the south the south is known for fantastic food great food too many streets named Peachtree. Uh, <laughs> please uh, figure that out, please. They're like, oh, yeah, it's on Peachtree. It's like, oh, yeah, it's the one that's like four miles away, not like a mile and a half away. It's like, oh, wait, then what's this Peachtree? It's like, oh, this is Peach a- Peachtree Avenue. That's Peachtree Road. That's and you're just like, come on, man. Like, yeah, <laughs> it was fun. Uh, the last day uh, we went to the aquarium. That's like, it's a huge, it's like, is is the Atlanta Aquarium the world's largest aquarium? I don't know, but now I'm fascinated. If it is, I want to see it. Uh, I love aquariums. Uh, aquarium, aquarium. Is it? Is it the? Uh, is it the the Georgia Aquarium? Is it the biggest aquarium? World's world's largest aquariums. <laughs> but anyways, we went in there and we were. Yeah, it is the Georgia Aquarium. Okay. Okay, now I want to see this place. So we spent probably like three hours. Like we woke up early. We got up at six. We ate breakfast. Um, our event was at 10. So we were like, okay, yeah, let, let's go to let's go to the Georgia Aquarium. We walked around it. It was it was huge. You would expect a place that's sponsored by both Coca-Cola and Home Depot to have like oh my you know, god, insane- that's a lot of money like an insane aquarium and this is a great example of it um but yeah it, it was insane it was fun. dude imagine an overwatch map in an aquarium yo that that would i mean we had hints towards it where it was like an underwater map um oh, yeah. because like we have eco point antarctica they were like eco point atlantis that would that would be fun to have um but yeah, we'll we'll see how we'll see if it works. I would love to have an aquarium map, but yeah, it, it was just a great experience. I would definitely do it again. So thank you all you listeners out there in Georgia. 
uh it it was great i would do it again 10 out of 10 so ringing endorsement for atlanta georgia our top cities of listeners are georgia or atlanta georgia chicago buffalo new york portland oregon new york new york and hagerstown maryland washington dc which i mean i, I remember we we've talked about y'all before you've been on this list before our top states are georgia illinois new york california texas and oregon and our top countries this is interesting us and the uk are the top two followed by honduras in the third place which hi honduras um canada australia and israel hmm interesting right yeah we are truly an international podcast yeah, that is that is something i can put on the resume <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah definitely um but yeah thanks to all of you who are listening all of you who are new welcome Feel free to reach out to us on our socials. Send us an email. I need to check that. I haven't checked the email in a while. Um, let us know what you want to see. Uh, any ideas? Please let everybody know about us so we can continue growing and eventually monetize because we are poor. <laughs> <laughs> you can say that again. That's I, we're like someone told me today. It's like, hey, dude, like you should start your own podcast because you're in a podcast. I'm like, I do have my own podcast. I'm talking about Overwatch. It's like you should expand it to something bigger. I'm like, but it's about Overwatch. And he's like, well, you should like monetize it. And I'm like, what if I could? Yeah. There's a lot of things that we want to do. I'm learning uh, how to do the social media thing. Like exactly. I, I'm not, I'm not the best at it. Usually I just post snarky comments. So give me some slack here. I'm trying. <laughs> anyway, thank you all. Um, we will be back next week. Um, hopefully there's interesting stuff in between now and blizzcon but like right now it's just hopefully blizzcon will give us something i'll probably try to email blizzard and see if they'll they'll do some some fun stuff for us because we are dedicated to your game but um with the way my luck is going people just don't respond to my emails uh anyway have a great week guys we will see you next week Next week, we'll scour the internet and update you on any news from the world of Overwatch. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you like what you hear, please like, rate, and subscribe to us on all your favorite podcast platforms and follow us on all social media at Believe in OWL. Questions or comments? Please send us an email at believeinowl at gmail.com. If you'd like to advertise with our show, please contact our network at believe.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.